Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow in a Good Omens Season 1 rewatch. peeps welcome to wallowing in the shallows this is tori and this is rebecca and we're talking about good omens season one episode four saturday morning fun time yeah saturday morning fun time for me was a little bit of cartoons with some american bandstand and then mom would uh, go drop us off at the theater so she could clean without having us under her feet Nice, nice. I don't think that's the kind of fun time that's referred to in this episode. I don't think so either. (laughs) But anyways. (laughs) Well, I have some uh, follow-up stuff. Oh, please please elucidate. So remember I said I was going to look up Zingiber because that was War's last name, Carmine Zingiber? Yes. That refers to Ginger. Perfect. Like the red. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yes. I was like, oh, I'm glad I looked that up. And then I looked up a bunch of stuff about Gabriel because we were talking Mm. about him and I don't remember specifically what I was going to look up. So I just ended up looking up a lot of general stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And of course, everybody talks about him as an archangel. But he isn't called an archangel in the Bible. Oh, at least the Protestant Bible. He is named in the book of Enoch, which is an apocryphal text. I was going to say. Yeah. So something, and I didn't know, I mean, I'd heard the term apocryphal texts, but I never really knew what they were. Yes. Except that I knew that they weren't officially part of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and evidently those are texts that were written in between using christian terms i know they're different ter- the old testament isn't called the old testament in, Ju- in judaism but it, so between when the old testament was purported to be been written in the new testament so mm. any books that are kind of like dealing with the topic but aren't included in the bible are called apocryphal texts okay and so the book of enoch is one of those and that talks about uh, gabriel and that's where they i think refer to him as an archangel okay so it's not canon for Protestants, okay. but supposedly it is canon in Eastern Orthodoxy mm. and it's called deuterocanonical. I'm not sure I said that word right. In Catholicism. Mm. I was like, oh, righty. So it's text that's supposed to be read at least for Protestants privately, but not in services. So you're not supposed to go like, according to the book of Enoch, blah, blah, blah in any kind of sermon or anything like that and i found out he he's in all abrahamic religions so judaism christianity and islam and he is a messenger okay all three of those belief systems and we did talk about that i remembered yes definitely so you know in christianity he speaks to daniel well that's also judaism and then in christianity he talks to zechariah and okay and he's the one who gives the news to, what's her name? Zachariah's wife's name is Sarah? Whatever his wife's name is. It tells him they're going to have the son, right? John the Baptist. Okay. 
Okay. And then, of course, he talks to Mary. Yes. And then in Islam, he dictates the Quran to Muhammad, peace be upon him. Wow. And in Revelations, they think it's not, it doesn't say, but he's been credited with being the angel that blows the horn, signaling mm. the beginning of Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of interesting stuff. Very much so. Yeah. You know, I have a book of the Apocrypha. Uh, do you? I should, yes, yes, I do. I picked that up somewhere along the way. I should see if it has this book of Enoch, which I imagine it does. Yeah, yeah. He also shows up in Latter-day Saints, which I did not know at all. I mean, and that's, you know, one of the offshoots of Protestantism. Mm-hmm. But they think that Noah was resurrected as an immortal angel, Gabriel. Holy cow. Now that yeah. I've never heard. Yeah, I had never heard that either. So that's it. Mm. Just some things I found out as I wandered down the various rabbit holes. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, that's some good Gabriel intel. So let's, uh, I guess, just get into Saturday morning fun time. Let's do. I forgot to write a summary, so I'm just going to read this one from IMDb. Sounds good. Aziraphale and Crowley's friendship is tested to the limit as their superiors catch up with them. Armageddon starts in earnest with the Antichrist powers wreaking havoc across the globe. And that's the summary. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Nice. (laughs) Broad. (laughs) Overreaching. And we'll get into the deets. (laughs) So we begin with the pleasure cruiser Morbio, which did you look up what Morbio means? I did not. It's Italian for measles. (laughs) Oh, lovely. (laughs) Yes. So this pleasure cruiser that's headed for Havana and found Atlantis is named after measles. (laughs) Is that supposedly then inferring that that's what wiped out Atlantis? Well, interesting question. I'm not sure, (laughs) but very interesting name for a pleasure cruiser. Yeah. And so we find Atlantis above sea level, and they're wearing diving helmets, just like one of the they, one of those children had speculated. They were like, I bet they wear, I bet they wear diving helmets because people are like, well, they can't, they can't survive underwater. Well, I bet they wear diving helmets. And sure enough. So this is after Adam starts to get his powers, or is it before Adam starts to get his powers? I have nothing written down about this, so I'm like, huh. Yeah, this was the very opening of the episode. Okay. And it it starts, I think, with the captain talking, and then he's like, oh, they came on the ship, and they thought we were celebrating them, and one of them won the quotes, quotes, quotes game, which is a game where you throw a ring of iron rope or rubber, and it lands on a upright peg in the ground (laughs) right so but definitely adam is making the magazine things a reality so this is definitely when adam is making things happen okay all right so is that before crowley is looking at pictures of space um i don't have crowley looking at pictures of space what have you got there huh I'm like, are we talking about the same episode here? <laughs> We're talking about episode four, right? Yeah, Saturday morning have, fun time. Yeah, that's what I have written down. Okay. I have 
as my first thing, probably looking at pictures of space and telling God he shouldn't end the world. Okay, let's let's go with that. Let's continue <laughs> with what you've got and see if we sync up here at some point. All right. I'm trying because this is the episode where we meet pollution. Right. Okay. So at least we know we're the same there. Yeah, let me just make sure that's the case, but oh yes. 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 And there's a Japanese yes. ship and okay. Yes. No, no, no. This is the same. This is the same episode. Okay. 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 I just totally kind of missed that. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead then and go with my stuff. Yes. That happened before all that. Do that just because I'm. Okay. Because the, after this whole passing the gold angel thing, which was kind of funny that he was passing a gold angel. Mm-hmm. So Gabriel is out for a jog and on Gabriel's sweatshirt, it looks like a butterfly. And there's definitely a butterfly in the intro that sort of flies out of this priest hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny because the flaming sword comes up again between Aziraphale and and Gabriel and I was like, oh, I wonder where that is now. Well, mm-hmm. we, we will find out. Yeah. And then I have Leslie, the delivery guy, is working on this job that was booked six thousand years ago, <laughs> and he's with his loved one. I can't remember her name, Maud, maybe. And he says, "Ours is not to reason why." Leslie says that, which is the altered version of lines from Tennyson's The Charge of the Light Brigade. Ah. Theirs is not to reason why. Theirs but to do and die. Oh, yeah, I I know that line. And so Leslie is, you know, his his wife or his wife, I think, wants him to stay for a little Saturday morning fun time. (laughs) But he's off to deliver the last two items okay you know what i think might have happened is that i might have started watching it and then stopped and then when i went back to watch it in full it just picked up where i stopped and i didn't really notice it well what's interesting is my next note is archangel michael is on to a zero fail and crawley and who is michael chatting with and we determined that it's liger oh and and it suddenly becomes extremely clear. Remember when I said Liger had some sort of hands on his head? Yeah. It's a it's an entire reptile. Oh in my this goodness. Epi- in this episode, it's completely clear that there is just like a lizard sitting on top of his head. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yes. And Hagar, who's the other one? Hathor? Ha- Haster. 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 He's got a fro- he's got a frog on his head. I guess. You know, frogs, I can understand, right? Because they're associated with part of the things that were rained down on Egypt when right. God was mad. But the the lizard, I don't get yeah. as a part of a, a costume for somebody from hell. Well, it's much clearer in this episode hmm. what's on his head. Well, that's cool because I know you brought that up several times. <laughs> yeah. And it I thought they were creepy little baby hands. But now that it's a lizard, it looked a lot. And and I mean, it's kind of interesting because sometimes depending on where they are, mm-hmm. the beast is sort of on their head or else it's their hair or so cause sort of, mm. I, I'm not sure what the rules are. Interesting. But then, okay. So now I think I'm where you're talking about. Crawley is looking for a place to go. 
and he's thinking about maybe going to a nebula. Oh, yeah. Alpha Centauri, he mentions at some point. Yes. And it really seemed like Crawley's big problem, quote unquote, was that he asked questions. Yeah. And that's what got him into trouble. Yes. Okay. Then I will jump to Pollution. Okay. Who is clad in white, Mm -hmm. which is the appropriate color for Conquest. Yes. Who is, we aforementioned, the horseman that perhaps brought on Pestilence. Right. And we learn here that Pestilence retired and (laughs) Pollution took her place. And so that's what we've got going on here. And Leslie, I think, pronounces Des Moines as Des Moines, yes, yeah. <laughs> which is not how you pronounce the city in Iowa. But that is very true. So be it. Um, <laughs> and pollution's delivery is a crown, which yes. is the item that is delivered to the Horseman Conquest. So yeah. that all that all uh, tracks. I didn't notice if we ever got pollution's name name because all I had have... written down is pollution. I don't have any name for her. Hmm. And I don't see anything on IMDb. It just says pollution. Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. Would have yeah. liked to have a little bit of white yeah. nomenclature in her right, name. Right, like but... Blanca. Yes. <laughs> there definitely would have been options. Yeah. And at this point, I said, I think Leslie might die. And then did you freeze frame the note? That he got in his little vehicle. You mean the one he wrote or the one he got? The one he got. And then he wrote the letter to Maud. Well, I, I have I wrote down what he wrote to Maud. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down the message to death. Okay. Was there so a, what another I, one? What I, I have for the entirety of the note, it sounds like you have what the package is, but what I have for the entirety of the note, which I really had to freeze frame perfectly mm-hmm. before he refolded it, mm-hmm. was these. the other three got particular items. Right. And for death, there was just this little note in this envelope, and it oh. said, deliver to death, location everywhere, uh-huh. package Say to him, come and see, which is probably the bit you're talking about. Right. And so that was his instructions. You know, after that near miss with the lorry, when uh-huh. he wrote the message to Maud, I was like, he's going to get hit by a lorry. Right. And right. he does. I wonder how he knew that he had to die. Well, I guess if you're going to talk to death, you have to die. Doesn't bode well. But I'm so dense, I would need the note to say, you need to step in front of a lorry because you need to be dead to deliver this well, message. And of course, he's like, oh, that one almost got it, got me, yeah. but mm-hmm. it did get him. Yeah. So Leslie does seem he's doomed. Poor Leslie. Encounter death. Yeah. I just wanted to let Succession fans, those who have been watching HBO's Succession, that Brian Cox is playing death. Or at least his voice, which is super cool. Yes. I did not recognize that voice as Brian Cox. Yeah. Did you recognize his voice? Well, you know, I'm watching it on Prime. And anytime I pause, it has the actor's names. Right. So 
I don't, I'm not sure I can give myself credit or if I was pausing for some reason, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Brian Cox. (laughs) (laughs) That was me. I paused and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Brian Cox. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's likely. Yeah. That's likely. Okay. So now we got all the horsemen in place. Yes. And it seems like death is the big baddie who's in control of them all. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's how I always think about it. Death is that tracks is like the head of the four horsemen makes sense yeah and i think in pretty much every show that i've ever seen that talks about the four horsemen death mm-hmm. is a big one <laughs> yeah which makes sense yeah yeah but then we're at anathema's house yes and adam wants more conspiracy theory mags <laughs> so that he can make them a reality how wild would that be frightening i don't want that kind of power i was just thinking the same thing mm-hmm that would be too much responsibility. <laughs> Definitely too much responsibility. Yeah. But we're so, not very long because then we're back at Shadwell's. Yes. And Pulsifer is heading out to follow Adam alone. Mm-hmm. And he gets the pendulum of discovery, the, sum- the thumb screws, the fire lighters, the bell, book, and candle for Pulsifer's mm-hmm. fight with the witches. And this is where, I think I alluded to this in a previous episode, that the bell, book, and candle is the ceremony of excommunication in old school Catholicism. Okay. And it excommunication by anathema. Oh. Which is our little girl, which is our anathema's name. And I think that connected to the definition you had found about sort of anathema being a, uh, like, not a holy war, but a battle won or something. Doing bad deeds for God's war kind of thing. Yes. Yes. And so I wondered if that connected to this bell, book, and candle ceremony. Interesting. And then he gets the sticking pin and I'm like, this, he needs a little satchel. He's got to have a little something to carry all this stuff. At least a grocery bag. Come on. At at the very least, at the very least, a paper bag to stuff everything into. A little bit ignominious, the brown paper bag, but it would work. (laughs) Yes. And then we have the Tibetans in the tunnels (laughs) and they don't know why they're there. Yes, and I didn't know why they were there either. (laughs) Nobody did. (laughs) And then we have the spaceship. And definitely remember. And that was the one that was in Adam's room, right? Or was it in the magazine that way? No, it's absolutely in Adam's room. It may also be in a magazine, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely in Adam's room. And the alien with that spherical helmet is definitely in the intro. Yes, I do remember seeing that. Mm -hmm. And I love how the alien says, good morning, sir, madam, or neuter. That was great. (laughs) That was great. And then the (laughs) alien takes off his helmet, her helmet, and looks a little reptile-like and and gives the message of peace that was in the magazine. Oh, I thought it was like a green duck-faced thing. Okay, I'll give you green duck face. I'm not sure. It just looked bizarre. (laughs) Green duck. Green duck works for me. I was getting Howard the duck vibes, but just green. Okay. Okay. I can go with that. (laughs) And then Adam, after Wensleydale, after Cheese Kid, I just want to call him Cheese Kid because Wensleydale doesn't 
roll off my tongue easily. Fair. So I might just start referring to him as the cheese kid. Um, okay. Says they should save the whales. And then we cut to that Japanese whaling ship. Yes. <laughs> and then we've got the Kraken. Release the Kraken. Our amazing hockey team. Yes. Which I have yet to see. I'm, I'm going to try to do that this year. 100%. It's worth it. Cool. My next note is now it is obvious that it's a lizard. So it must have been really clear that Liger's head had a lizard on it. Uh, yeah, I, I do have written down Haster and Liger plan against Crowley. And that's, mm-hmm. that's my note. Crowley is getting hunted down. Yes. The witch finder cometh. <laughs> oh yes and we have the i mean once again nutter is right on the money with this prediction yeah she's dang and good she is dang good and we have another chance to learn about dick turpin but yet again we are foiled we are thwarted <laughs> we are yeah meanwhile at the site of the final battle at megiddo I loved that, that that little demon servant or whatever decided to call their force Dark Force One. Yes. <laughs> it was a real kind of like Star Trek or Star Wars throwback. It was fun. I was laughing. And I liked that Haster's like, I'm, a, I'm just, just going to kill the guy because I don't like jokes. But then later. Yeah, he gets it. He gets it. Yes. <laughs> And I liked that he was called your disgrace instead yes. of your grace. Yep. That was a nice, it's those little touches like that. Oh, so that, good. Yeah. It really adds so much to the, uh, to the show. Yes. <laughs> and apparently Crawley invented the selfie, which doesn't surprise me. Not at all. Not at all. He's maybe the original narcissist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anathema is totally ready for a wounded guy to appear at her place. Yeah, those she's handy, got, handy prophecies. Yeah, she's got like bandages and everything all ready to go. Yeah, I have more to say about that, but I'm going to wait until Newton and Anathema talk about it. Okay. Too, so we'll get okay. come back to that. But we're only five hours to the end of the world. Five hours, 48 minutes to the end of the world. Adam is very drawn to the devil drawing. And I've also noted that Adam is getting a little weird. <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> I think he's getting a lot weird. And, you know, Brian and Cheese Kid both allude yes. to that as well. Yes. And then I say, here comes the American and their perfectly boring son. Yeah. And I, oh, and then I also say, so weird to see Nick Offerman without a beard. <laughs> you know, he's married to Megan Mullally. Oh, I absolutely know. <laughs> I can imagine being at a party at their house must be pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> and then I don't know if, I don't know who says it, but Haster LaVista. And he's like, Professor LaVista. <laughs> well, that's how he introduces himself. Is yeah. Haster LaVista. I think I barked out a really loud laugh because I had totally forgotten that line. And that that's was awesome. one of those little touches that is hysterical. That was awesome. And I just loved how it was followed up with Professor LaVista. Yes. <laughs> But the boy has no dog, so Haster knows something's up. Yeah. 
I'm surprised he just didn't like full on kill all of the Dowlings at that point. Yeah. I did like the next scene, right, where Crowley's watching cartoons in that theater all by himself. Yes. And I I didn't recognize the cartoon. I didn't either. But as soon as Haster is in the cartoon, he's got the frog on his head, even in claymation form. (laughs) So that's good. That tracks. Yeah. Agnes knows the showdown is going to be in Tadfield. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised. You know, Anathema introduces herself to Newton as a witch. Mm-hmm. And he has a pretty mellow reaction to that. Maybe it's just because he's injured. Have to know. She's also pretty. <laughs> true. True. Which seems to go a long way. Yeah. And they finally figure out between the two of them that Adam is the Antichrist. Yes. And then we find Adam tormenting his friends. Yeah. Yeah, this is where Adam takes a real dark turn. Mm-hmm. He starts to really embrace his antichrist selfness. Mm-hmm. Then I don't have much else there. I then have the little lovers quarrel between Crowley and Aziraphale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my trivia question comes here. Ah, okay. So my question is, what is Crowley's license plate? Oh, that's a good question. And I do not know the answer. That's normally something I would notice. What is it? It is R-I-A-T blank R-U-C. But it matters not in that direction because what I looked up was it is curtain backwards. Oh, so R. Oh, I guess that must not be an R. It must be N-I-A-T-R-U-E. <laughs> Sorry. Good thing you didn't have it right. But uh, I think I would have figured it out. So anyway, it's curtain backwards. And so kind of the idea of the final curtain and this kind of stuff. So that was kind of cool. But it was interesting that this stranger comes up to Xerophil and is like, you know, consoling him. Mm-hmm. Like, you're better off. You're better off without him as yeah. if they've had this lover's quarrel. Yes. Yes. And, and basically did come across like that. <laughs> it sure did. It sure did. Aziraphale looks so sad though. And you know, you know what I love about this next scene is so we see Crowley working with the holy water mm-hmm. and it really seemed like he wanted the holy water in case things went poorly and he needed to kill himself. Right. But I love that Crawley is self-assured and loves himself enough that it's not about destroying himself. It's a weapon against somebody who might come after him. It is. I wondered as I was watching that, if he got that idea from cartoons he obviously watches. Well, this would be helpful. (laughs) I loved how he like had these serious gloves. I mean, this is a not, this is not a guy looking to off himself. He is being very careful with this dangerous substance. He is definitely not going to get the holy water on me. And it just dissolves Liger. Oh, Liger is toast here. (laughs) And then Crawley does a little line from, is it taxi, taxi cab? When he says, do you feel lucky? What's that from? Do you feel lucky? Punk? Is that I've never seen Taxi Cat or that you're talking about the De Niro movie, right? I am. I am. Well, anyway, whatever it's from, Crawley says, Do you feel lucky? Hmm. 
now I'm going to wonder about that. You know, and earlier, and I think this was, was it last episode we saw Crowley with his plants? I almost said pants. Oh, it's been a little while with the, with the plants. Yeah. And I remember thinking, what really is the purpose of that scene? Yeah. And now we kind of see, right? Because he uses the spray bottle. Yes. From his plants. And if he hadn't had the plants, he wouldn't have had the spray bottle. And... Oh, I'm sorry. I got to jump in here. Do you okay. feel lucky is not a Robert De Niro. It's from Dirty Harry. So uh, it's a. Uh, that I have seen. What's that guy's name? Clint Eastwood. Yes. Yeah. So that's what Do You Feel Lucky is from. Do you feel lucky? Yeah. Punk. Yeah. The 1971 classic, Dirty Harry. Yeah, so there you go. That long time. Okay. Cool. cool. Well, I'm glad you learned, looked that up there. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me that's too. That's much more I interesting than my spray bottle comment. You know, maybe the, maybe it's welcome, you know. My little friend. Oh, anyway, doesn't it doesn't matter. Whatever. There's a De Niro thing as well, but it's not relevant here. What is relevant here is Dirty Harry. Okay. So oh, I thought it was Angels, pretty. Go ahead. I might be jumping ahead too far, but I like that demons are not bound by physics and that angels don't dance except for Xerophale learned that special dance. That was funny. funny. That was really funny. Yeah, but I am going to back it up just a minute because I was going to say I thought it was it was really clever that the writers came you know Gaiman and project came up with this thing about trapping haster in an old answering machine fantastic i just thought that was quite clever yes but yes i did uh, appreciate that scene with he was the angels don't dance except seraphel <laughs> Yeah, and so Crawley and Haster go subatomic like Ant-Man, and mm-hmm. Haster gets stuck in the answering machine tape, and Michael and Uriel and Sandalfon are coming for a Xerophil. Yeah. And interestingly, Uriel accuses a Xerophil of thinking too much, which is what <laughs> Crawley does. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's all I have from that scene. Do you have anything else from that scene? No, no, no. I'm biting my tongue about some stuff. Okay, because we move on to Adam. And he talks about the four horsemen and says, you'll like them. You're yeah. a, they're a lot like you. And yeah. immediately I was like, okay, what are they wearing? And Pepper is wearing a red jacket. Oh. So she looks like she set, sets up with war. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pepper was the most obvious. Okay. And Wensley Dales looked a little bit blackish. So uh-huh. I thought that maybe he was connected with famine. Well, his name connects him with it because mm-hmm. he's the cheese kid. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know that Brian was wearing anything white, but that I guess that would connect him with mm-hmm. uh, pollution. But right. anyway. I was like, okay, these these kids are going to line up with our biker gang. It didn't really occur to me at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Huh. Peppers is Pepper is so clear. I mean, Pepper is as red as the day is long. Right. So, well, and now that I think about it, you know, one. Cheese Kid, that makes sense. But Brian. Yeah, that's what's trickier. For pollution, I couldn't think of any. No, and his outfit, his outfit wasn't helping me either. But 
that's but a pollution pollution's, pollution's a made up one anyway right but that is a very monty python thing right where you have several things that are right on the money and everything mm-hmm. makes sense and then they throw one thing in there that doesn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and we've been talking about in some of our previous episodes about how we get some Monty Python vibes from now, from now or every now and then. hundred percent. So maybe this 100%. is one of those things. Could well be. Is now my head cannon. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, Adam, he's really scary. And, and Oh yeah. This is getting very, yeah. Very disconcerting what's mm-hmm. happening there. Mm-hmm. We got quite a storm going, a tornado oh, yeah. in England. Yes. <laughs> My next note is Newton and Anathema sitting in a tree. K <laughs> Yeah, I did like the juxtaposition of the raging storm outside mm-hmm. while they're going at it under the bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 So I think think i have finally you know uh shadwell uh-huh. shadwell calls aziraphale southern and sort of accuses him of being southern right well i think you know shadwell is clearly scottish mm-hmm. so i think all of england is southern to, to him, him. Hmm. so i'm not sure if it's the particular orientation in London or in England, or just the fact that he is mm-hmm. south of Scotland. Right. Yeah. Did you recognize who was playing Metatron? Jacoby. Derek yes. Jacoby. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I just realized I didn't have a trivia question. That was not it. I just didn't have one. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. But I forgot love, the summary. I forgot to get a trivia question. <laughs> love him and talk about hierarchy of angels. This seemed like the angel with the real direct line. Yes. Yes. I did look up information on the hierarchy of angels. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just have to find my notes. Hold on a second. Okay. Here it is. So it's different. In different religions, right? So Judaism is a little bit different than Christianity. And Islam doesn't necessarily really have a big hierarchy of angels, Gabriel being probably the most important one. So I'm just going to focus on Christianity since that's clearly what this uh, show is focused on. Mm -hmm. So the highest order of angels in Christianity... There's nine orders, and so the highest orders are seraphim, cherubim, and thrones. Okay. The middle order are dominions, virtues, and powers. And the lowest order are the principalities, the archangels, and then angels. Wow. So we're de- we're really dealing with some low-hanging fruit here. We haven't seen seraphim or cherubim. Nope. I wonder if we'll see them in season two. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it would. So Metatron must be a seraphim if he's the mouthpiece of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. I did write down which one would Clarence be. <laughs> <laughs> Just That's a weird funny. question to pop into my head. That's funny. But I have been watching Supernatural and one of the demons calls one of the angels Clarence all the time. So I think that was kind of in the back of my head. 
Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, uh, I don't really have anything else written down for this episode. Yeah. I'll just say that, yeah, uh, Aziraphale walks through the portal. I mean, mm-hmm. Shadwell's trying to exercise him, and mm-hmm. uh, Aziraphale goes through the portal, and the bookshop is going to burn. Yeah, quite Dreadful. the shocker. Yeah. Quite the shocker. But, you know, that's an important scene because it's setting up the power of the finger. <laughs> Definitely. And it's also an important scene because the burning bookshop appears in the opening credits as well. Oh, I missed that. And I. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. Did sit down and I really I can't... pulled up a footstool in front of the television and kept pausing it to get more details about the opening scene. And I missed that. I can't wait to have our deep dive. It's right yes. w- when you see Crawley's car. Yes. It's right in front of the burning bookshop. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. I can't wait to do our de- our opening credits deep dive. I'm yes. ready. Coming soon, good listeners. Coming soon. <laughs> well, I have to say this is not my favorite of the episodes. I mean, I know there's some important stuff in it towards the end there um, and getting the apocalypse going, but. I think it's, it's not my favorite the, yeah but i did like the introduction of the last two horsemen i really liked death i mm-hmm. i liked that whole death mm-hmm. you know everywhere he's not gone anywhere he's just he's omnipresent you right he's always right. around his right. job is always going on so yeah. yeah yeah so okay i got nothing else for it me either so all that's left is to say goodbye Thanks for listening, people. Wallowing in the Shallows is created and produced by the both of us. Edited by Mo. Wallowing in the Shallows Good Omen Season 1 Rewatch soundtrack is Waltz Number 2 from the Jazz Suite Number 2 by Dmitry Shushtakovich on archive.org. You can send us feedback at witstvpod at gmail.com. That's W I T S. TVPOD at gmail.com. Subscribe and then subscribe and then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe. <laughs>